Welcome to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love Mysterious Old Time Radio Stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This week, I chose an episode from Lights Out entitled Murder in the Script Department. Lights Out was a horror series created by writer Willis Cooper in 1934 and broadcast Wednesday nights at midnight on Chicago area NBC station WENR. Cooper's late night Grand Guignol was a local hit, and in April of 1935, NBC began broadcasting it nationally, growing the program's local following into a coast-to-coast fan base. After Cooper's departure in 1936, NBC hired a young writer-director named Arch Obler to take over creative duties on Lights Out. Obler's bold story choices and innovative production techniques drove the program to new heights of popularity. Lights Out ended in 1938, but the show was revived for a brief run in 1942 and again during the summer of 1947. Obler would return to Lights Out many times during his later career, including the 1962 album Drop Dead and the 1970 syndicated radio series The Devil and Mr. O. And now let's listen to Murder in the Script Department from Lights Out, starring Mercedes McCambridge and somebody who might be B. Benadere, but we're not sure. Originally broadcast May 11th, 1943. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Arch Obler's Lights Out Everybody. Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these Lights Out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Oh, what time is it? Ten minutes more. Gee, it's been a long day, hasn't it? I'll say so. If I never see another script or typewriter, it'll be too soon. <laughs> you were the one who wanted to get into radio. Radio. Sitting at a typewriter eight hours a day, making samples. You were the one who said it'd be a shortcut. Some director'd walk into the script department, see you behind that typewriter, and say, Where you been all my life? Mary, stop it, will you? You think you're so cute. I don't see anyone worrying. Well, Freddie, Mary. After all, this is a place of business. Yes, ma'am. I don't like to be the disciplinarian, but this is the third time that I've found you quarreling with each other rather than working. We weren't quarreling. Perhaps not, but it sounded like it. You're setting a very unfortunate example for the other girls. I'm going to ask both of you a simple question. Do you or do you not want to continue working here? We do. Yes, of course we do. Very well. No more of this nonsense, then. There's a script that must be mimeographed first thing tomorrow morning, so the stencils will have to be out tonight. It shouldn't take you long. What's the matter with you girls? 
Have you any objections to working late tonight? Oh, no. no I'd love it. Very well. All right. The rest of you girls, time to go home. Yes, I'd love to stay over time if I could type over her dead body. Hush, hush. She'll hear you. Here's the script, girls. Twenty pages. Divide it up between yourselves. Yes, ma'am. When you're through, leave the stencils on my desk and lock the door behind you. Yes, ma'am. Well, good night. Don't forget to turn out the lights as you go. Yes, ma'am. All right, girls. Let's get out of here quickly so that Bernice and Mary can finish their work. Of all the knock-kneed, blabbeared, long-necked pot heels. Oh, stop it, will you? Let's type the damn thing off and get out of here. Well, what do you know? What's the matter? Look at the script we're supposed to type. Lights out. <laughs> One of those things. Yeah. So what? I... I don't like to type them. They scare me. Are you kidding? Typing's typing, no matter what you're typing. Not if it's one of those lights out, please. Blood and people dying and murderers and worms. Ooh, Forget it. Just words on paper. It scares me. Mm, type with your eyes closed. Oh. You listen to this. Note to the sound department. At this point in the play, I want the sound of a body being turned inside out. I suggest the use of a wet rubber glove to plant the picture of a human being being deliberately turned. Oh, stop it, will you? <laughs> For please sake. It's only a sound effect. I was just reading. Oh, will you type your script and let me type this? Don't go reading any of it out loud. All right, all right. I wonder what kind of a screwball he is. Who? The fellow who writes his place, you know. Arch Oberlin? Yeah. Oh, I like him. What are you talking about? You never even met him. Well, I like him anyway. But you just finished saying you don't like this. Well, I like his other plays. You know, the ones he does for the government? With sense to them. Well, personally, I think he's a wolf. Oh, what are you talking about? You know, one of these werewolves. I bet he eats his young. Well, don't talk like that. He's got a ten-month-old baby. I saw a picture of it. And it's real cute. Well, I still think Well, he... for heaven's sake, just because the man writes fantastic doesn't mean he's fantastic. Well, you look who's talking. Why, you're even afraid to type him. What are you afraid of, that the ghost will pop out of the pages and turn you inside oh, out? Oh, stop it, will you, if you don't stop all it? Right, all right, let's type. Well, how do you like that? What's the matter now? My typewriter's jammed. Can't move a key. B. What's the matter with you? Mine is, too. <laughs> My typewriter is, too. Like the fellow said, say la guerre. Everything's falling apart. Suppose we'll have to use one of the other machines. Just when I was getting comfortable. I'll use Anita. Yeah, I'm going to use Evelyn's. She won't care what I do with it. She's going to be a wave anyway. Mary, this one's jammed, too. Yeah, so is Evelyn's. Yeah, try Elle's machine. She's always boasting about how fast it is. Why, it's jammed, too. Well, so is this one. Well, what do you know? <laughs> what is it, the typewriter, Gremlin? Mary, what's the matter? Your face. Let's get out of here. What's the matter? Let's get out of here. We've got overtime. I tell you, let's go home. Well, just because a typewriter jams up is no reason to have a fit. Well, I'm getting out of here, and you better come with me. Oh, you're crazy running out. What's come over you? What? Bernice! What's the matter with you now? What are you standing at the door with your back to me for? Stay or go? Bernice, come here quick. Oh, for Pete's sake. What's the matter with you? Why are you standing there for with your hand on the knob? It's locked. What? Locked. Locked. Oh, you are crazy. Huh. Let me add it. Let me try. Why is it locked? Because some screwball janitor thought everybody would left and locked the door, that's all. Say, somebody out there. Let us out of here. We're locked in. Hey! It, it won't do any good. That's what you say. I'll wake the dead. Hey! Are you deep or deaf or whatever it is? Somebody get a key and let us out. Hey, we're not slave labor. Let us out. What's the matter with me? Where are you going? All I've got to do is pick up the telephone and call communications. They'll get us out of here. Oh, yes. Call them right away. Tell them we're locked. All right, all right. I'm calling them. Hello. Hello. Answer me. 
What's the matter? Oh, I'm dead. Oh. The operator thought we'd all gone home, so she disconnected the wire, that's all. Oh, oh for Pete's sake, of all the nincompoops, what's there to cry about? Oh, I'm afraid. So you're afraid, so I'm queen of the May and there are roses in the air. What is this all about? What's all the hysteria? You don't understand. Don't say I don't. You stop crying. No, something terrible is going to happen. What are you talking about? We're in the script department of a broadcasting company, remember? Oh, something jammed the typewriters. Something locked the door. Something... What do you mean, something? Something, I tell you. I tell you, you're crazy. I think I've known you all these weeks and never knew you had bats in your belfry. There's absolutely nothing that's happened. Why did you stop talking? Answer me. Telephone cord. <gasps> the end, it's torn off. Yes. But I... I talked on this telephone only an hour ago, remember? Yes. I could have gotten torn loose. I told you. Oh, shut up. All right, maybe there is something screwy. I don't know. But I do know there's nothing to get hysterical about. This place only had windows I could call out. On modernistic air conditioning. Will you stop moaning? Well, you're scared, too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Series of coincidences, that's all. What could it be? Answer me what? Who ever heard of anything happening in a place like this? Well, what are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> this is no haunted house. You and me and a lot of other girls work here, remember? So we're locked in and have to stay here all night. So what? The door's locked from the outside. The watchman downstairs, remember? So who could get in here to hurt us? What if the locked door won't do any good? What? You heard me. Oh, you're a crazy kid. Look... Desks and chairs, fluorescent light, modern design, remember? We're not in a haunted house. Get that through your head. We're not in a haunted house. Oh. Well, what's the matter now? Get all through explaining. What's the matter? Something happened. Happened? Something in the air. What are you... Oh, for heaven. Over there at the end of the room. The light must have burned out. Oh. I was right. <laughs> Just to show you how crazy you've been. A couple of natural things happen and you start acting out a ghost story. You should join the actors' union. Bernice. Well, one of the lights burned out. So what? There's one thing the script department's got. Plenty of light. Mary, why are you... Another light. I saw it go out. Are you dreaming? I tell you, I saw it go out. You're crazy. It did I saw it. Now, look here. There are two, four, six, eight, eight lights in this place. See? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, don't give me any more of that light's out. Another. Another. You're absolutely crazy. I... I'm scared just staying here with you. Count them. Why should Count I? Count them. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Not eight. Seven. Gee. I told you. Oh, no. What? Another one out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop it. Stop it. Another one there. Go. Over next to Miss Winton's desk. Another one. What? Only four left. Only four. What'll we do? Only four. Who's putting them out? I don't know. I don't. Another. Oh, Three more. If they go out, I'll die. They won't go out. They can't go out. The switch. That's it. I'll hold the switch. I won't turn out the lights if I hold the switch. It's all right, Mary. See? I got hold of the switch. Nothing Another can... one. Another one. But I was holding onto the switch. Two lights. Two lights in the dark. Bernice. Oh, Bernice, hold me. I'm scared. Oh, gee, I'm scared. All right. It's all right. There's still two lights. Please. Two lights. They'll stay on. They will. I know they will. They're both out. We're in the dark. Bernice. Where are you? Let me out of here. I'm afraid of the dark. Let me out of here.
Stop it. Stop it. Isn't it bad enough without you driving me crazy? What's the good of your crying? There's a reason. There must be for this. Everything's got a reason. I know it. I know it. I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. Those blackout candles. Stop crying and let me think. Whitney had some blackout candles in her desk. I know she did. Oh, don't leave me alone. Don't leave me in the dark, Bernie. Will you stop it? I found them. Candles, matches. There. Three candles like this one. And this one. See? Plenty of light now. Who's there? Nobody. Nobody. There's a reason for everything, I tell you. I know what it is. What? The electricians, that's it. The electricians didn't know we were up here, and they were testing the lights. They'll go on any minute. Wait and see. You think so? Of course. Look, what did I tell you? <laughs> there they go on again. Look at the ceiling. Oh, oh no. Green. The light now is green. Green. All the light. Green. You lied to me. You said it was the electrician. Look at the light. It's green. It makes your face look green. You look dead. You hear me? Dead. You'll be dead, and I'll be dead. We'll be dead. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You're not going to drive me crazy. Just because there's something wrong with the electricity. You look around. Everything's all right. Nothing's wrong here. Nothing. Is that typing? I heard typing. So I. Typing? Just must have imagined. Typewriter. Look at the typewriter. Typing. And there's no one. Who's typing? Once I say power, something. It's got to be a trick. You don't believe it, do you? Really, what? There's something in this room with it. Where? I don't know. But it's here. What are you trying to do? Make me scared as you are scared? There's something in this room. Where? Hence, anywhere. Just you and me, that's all. You're not going to scare me. I'm not going to let myself get scared anymore. I want to get out of here, and I'm going to get out of here. My head's still... I heard it, too. What? Something. Desk. Look. The desk moving. Look. That one moved. And that one. Mary, take your hands away from your eyes and look. Look, the desk. All of them moving. Mary, look. All the desk was moving and was moving. Stay back, you. Stay back. Mary. Mary, all the desks in the room. They're moving down. So it is. I'm all right. 
not going to think anymore. If I think about it, get like Mary is. No one will think. I sit here all morning with my eyes shut. And when it's morning, they'll get here. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Eyes closed. Green light still shines through my lids. How could green light turn me? No, stop thinking. Gotta stop thinking. Green light through my lids. <gasps> no light. Open my eyes. Dark. The lights are gone. Dark again. Mary. Mary, wake up. Mary, the light. Please wake up. I'm not asleep. I thought the sun is very nice, isn't it? The sun. You still think, Mary? Don't you know? Can't you see we're sitting in the dark? Dark. Stay close to me. If day's only come, I know you'll be here soon. Who? In the dark. You'll be here. Who are you talking about? Who? Any minute now. Do you hear him? Here? I think he's coming now. Yes. He is. No. Please, no. You're right. It is dark. Very dark. His kind of dark. Stop talking like that. You can't stop him. No one can stop him. What's the use of being afraid? If something had only come. I've been telling you. Someone is coming. Right now. And he's sitting on the desk looking at it. I'm glad he's here. He'll make my head stop hurting. He'll take me home. The floor. It's lifting. Yes. I feel it. The room. It's turning. Stop it. Stop turning the room. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. shot down in the Mediterranean theater of war. So much for the war news. Now the news of local interest to you early morning listeners. If you've been wondering why those dishes in the kitchen started to dance last night, the answer is an earth trembler, earthquake to you, of five seconds duration. The material damage was very slight, but two deaths are indirectly attributed to the earthquake. Bernice Saxton and Mirabelle Pressler, employed by the broadcasting company, were found dead this morning in the script department where they've been doing overtime work. The cause of the death is believed to have been heart failure induced by fright. The girls have been accidentally locked in the office, and when there was a failure of electric power followed by earthquake, it is believed the young women were frightened to death. This concludes our morning broadcast. It 
script department from lights out here in the mysterious old radio listening society podcast once again i'm eric i'm tim and i'm joshua yeah that was a show that joshua brought to the table i'm very excited to talk about uh, all sorts of stuff with this not the least of which coming out of the gate when i hear mercedes mccambridge voice i go yay <laughs> i am happy um there's a lot of really interesting and cool stuff to talk about in this but why did you bring it this has been something i've had in my back pocket for many many years originally i thought i'll spread out some of the classic episodes of radio or episodes that i think are classics and we did a lot of them really fast and then i realized i gotta hold on to some so this is one it's my favorite lights out hands down wow it's perfectly fine if you guys don't like it because I love this enough for all three of us. <laughs> so you can have whatever opinions you want on it, but I just think it's everything that I love about Arch Obler condensed into this really short, heart-palpitating espresso shot of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the themes that Obler plays with, it's, it's this sort of meta-commentary on horror in general and lights out in particular yeah uh, i just love it and could talk about it endlessly i wish i had a podcast to talk about (laughs) first of all it was really smart and fortuitous that you waited this long to bring it because then all of the references in here to past lights out shows i knew (laughs) if we had done this too early in the recording of these podcasts i've been like i don't understand what they're talking about but you know the sound of a body being turned inside out and words and all of it the dark yeah that's the script they're working on yeah and it was fantastic um and i loved the meta of this at the top um i have one thing i don't like and i'm sure it's what you love the most about it (laughs) There were about five different things, endings to this that you could have done. Could have been ended this way, could have ended that way. This could be the resolution, the the ending of this. The one they chose, not one of the top five that I would have done that it was, oh, it was an earthquake. You know what I'm saying? It's not just an earthquake, though. That's one part of several important pieces to that ending. Okay. Which we can talk about now. Yes, now. Hit me. well, I mean, his general thoughts first. His genial general thoughts? My own, oh, yes. Um, all Arch Obler, I think, asks a little indulgence. Uh, it is one of the great things about him. I'm going to do something crazy and weird, and you're going to go along with me or not, and very often, like, I'm going with you. Right. And this one, there are moments in the script that ask more indulgence than I was ready to give. Ah. For example, just it, give me one. The lack of plot. Uh, it's a series of events. That's funny, because that's why I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Obler <laughs> sucks at plot. Like, <laughs> right? Every episode that I don't like about Arch Obler, it comes down to his plotting, mm. where he promises things that he never fulfills. He has a, a twist that he drops and moves on. I'm thinking of stories like the one with the couple having marriage problems and a dinosaur, the sub-basement. Oh, yes. Yes. Right? It's all just convoluted. It's like three different stories. He can't decide which one. The one, I know you love it, but the dream one. 
Mm-hmm. I, to me, again, it promises all these interesting plot elements that then he just lets go of and lets dangle here. It is just his strength. Nothing and delivers it. (laughs) But his strength to me is that he creates likable characters Mm -hmm. um, with dialogue that Mm -hmm. really informs who they are and then puts them in a horrifying situation. And that is his strength. And there's nothing else to this. So I utterly agree with you. But I just love it for the reason (laughs) it turned you off. It's a haunted house ride in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that it's just a series of jump scares or things happening. You know, like, now this is happening, now that's happening. Things happening rather than necessarily scary things happening. A model I'll often think of when trying to describe this is the movie Scream. It teaches you early on. Killer could be in the closet. Killer could be behind the couch. Be yep. afraid of every bit of furniture. It teaches you what to be afraid of. Right. And this, there's no lesson to be learned from moment to the next. It's just, it's bad. It'll be bad again. It's going to be worse. It'll be worse. I think it does teach you what to be scared of. And I'm going to go on a limb here, but I think it's really about modernity and how oh. you remove that and you are reduced to primal darkness. That's what the whole premise of the show Lights Out is. They are literally typing a script called The Dark. All throughout this, they mention Lights Out. Not just literally, oh, it's that show Lights Out. Their supervisor says, and don't forget when you're done, turn out the lights. Mm-hmm. She echoes the classic Lights Out opening. Mm-hmm. At one point when Mary is carrying on about the lights are turning off bernice is just like oh will you leave me alone with all that lights out stuff um bernice says over and over again "Uh, this isn't a haunted house it's a script department we're fine but then one by one everything contemporary and new turns on them typewriters jam the newfangled air conditioners prevent them from calling out the window for help the lights go out. The telephone doesn't work. The um, door won't door unlock. won't open. The uh, desk and chairs come flying at them until they are reduced from this. What at the time was this very um, contemporary modern setting to basically they might as well be in a cave huddling in the dark. And, and to me, I think it's a really nice showcase of what the literal premise of Lights Out as a program is that we can quickly not just in life, because that was uh, Obler's obsession with uh, anti-fascism and obviously most of the world's obsession at the time, uh, that the lights could go out at any minute. The world could end. We could lose all this. And Theater of the Mind itself can replicate that by uh, asking you to turn off the lights and return to that primal fear of the unknown and what might be lurking in it. That's my big dissertation on uh, that was on this episode. I strong it. argument. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strong argument. But like I said, I didn't not enjoy this for what it was, you know, the simplistic viewpoints that I approach everything. Here's two people and they're uh, being threatened by things and they're scared and I'm scared. And, you know, like it was, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? What's but, going on? So I enjoyed it. That's one of the things I love about this is I've listened to this a lot. I had it on cassette as a kid, so I have thought a lot about like, why do I love this <laughs> 22 minutes of women being terrorized? What's wrong with me? So I maybe thought about it too much to try to figure it out. But what I love about it is exactly, it just works on a really like basic surface yeah. level horror. I get that there are layers and references and the uh, meta stuff that's happening, all of that. And I caught most of it and I heard the word lights out, but I just listened to this as 
two women trapped. And that's where I got disappointed at the end. Like, what is it? What's coming to get them? Okay, so here's here the fire, the five. Ready? One of them was that the thing sitting on the desk looking at them, right? Mm-hmm. Was Arch Obler. <laughs> Were you trying to figure out who, like, something specific who it was? Right. What was happening? That there was a murderer loose, that it was supernatural. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, all these things. And to find out that there was a logical explanation to it all isn't what I wanted. I wanted something to not be their own brains. But that can be very scary that your own brain turns on you like that. But it's not answered completely. Yes, I think the argument is that is coming in as the authorial voice Mm -hmm. there at the end, that that's reality. Mm -hmm. And so on one level, I think it's pleasing from a thematic point of view because it's an earthquake. But it's also not just that. He didn't just say the earthquake. He said they were accidentally locked in by the janitor, confirming one of Bernice's theories for what was going on earlier and that they were experiencing electrical problems. So mm-hmm. what it is, is that they really were robbed of these uh, modern things that keep us feeling safe. Like janitors. Right. Like janitors. <laughs> janitors turned on that. <laughs> but right. And so they were, they were reduced to this state. So thematically it fits. And I do think there's room to go or was there more to it? How much of it was them then when they got freaked out and started to snap like Mary, did um, that they were just imagining or hallucinating that was gonna be my question of what in your analysis where does that abrupt flip in persona fit into the scale of events when like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like the sun is so beautiful that yeah yeah to me again just spitballing here but that is an uh, example of theater of the mind as an act of self-defense right she basically disassociates and so that being robbed of all these things you do have that option you do have that choice in the dark to imagine something else and she goes to her happy place in the dark at that point and then she becomes an unreliable narrator even down to describing that man sitting there on the desk which was our troubler in my head (laughs) (laughs) but right because that description of a figure a shadowy figure just sitting there looking at them it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yet she speaks of him almost as a savior. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like he's going to make my head stop hurting. He's going to take me home. To me, this episode is about Uber horror. Driver. Yeah. He <laughs> 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 got my address. Uh, but it is about horror in general, but I also think the power of radio. And I think it's also fitting that it's mentioned in here that she prefers Arch Obler's anti-fascist plays he does for the government. Yep. And we know from listening to something that's also really a meta Arch Obler episode, author in the thing, that Obler preferred those two and wanted to spend more time doing them. And he even puts a little bit of his um, anti-fascist stuff in the beginning of that radio announcement, right? Because it mm-hmm. opens with, four Axis planes shot down. So, right, so he right. fits in a little like, yeah. yes, we're winning right. into his episode. The only thing not explained away is uh, by the earthquake scenario, is the green light. What was the green light? And the cord was pulled out of the wall. Oh, good point. There's another one. So two things. Someone could have tripped on it in their urgency to leave at the end of the day. Sure. Or so you could come up with all these explanations. But the green light really has no... Like, what is the green light? Well, I think the green light, to me, is part of the whole thing where uh, the darkness takes all those things away and then starts to manipulate it, right? Because it's not just... The lights don't just turn green. The typewriters 
start to type. Yep. The desks start to move. And so it goes from uh, all these things are taken from them. And then whatever this dark enigmatic force is starts to taunt them mm-hmm. with its control over it all. And it, it leads to these great lines like, I close my eyes and I can see the green through my lids and just all these great obler creepy things. Yeah. I did not mean to turn that into a monologue. No, 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 no. This is one of your favorite things of all time. You brought it. You should monologue. Because Tim and I are out of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me a lot of Poltergeist in some ways. It used some of the same sort of um, ideas of the soft-spoken, quieter woman in the form of Mary and the, the brassy, cynical... Uh, character in Bernice. Um, Obler was really interesting in that he wrote a lot of stories about women that largely the women characters, while they were menaced and all these other horror things and ultimately killed in a lot of them, (laughs) um, they didn't have preoccupations with men. There were almost no, there were no men in the story other than the radio announcer at the end. They didn't have that could be replaced by a lamp problem. Yeah. If it weren't for Obler's presence in here, this would have actually been an old-time radio show that passed the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do talk about things other than him. He's just yes. one of the things they yeah. talk about. And then there's also that moment where they threw the tennis balls through the time wall warp, <laughs> yeah. warp thing, and then it appeared. That clown. And the clown. Oh, that, that clown. And the chair. That tree. <laughs> It does um, actually... He uh, pulled his face off in the mirror. Eating chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should monologue some more. (laughs) We're just just poltergeisting. Um, I get all the Patreon money this month. (laughs) Because I'm doing all the work. Uh, I think Office Space was a little inspired by this. (laughs) You just want a better quality quote? (laughs) They did get a little Office Space, though, by uh, their supervisor. Yes. I'm going to need you to stay late to work and be terrorized by this invisible force. Well, that was another possible outcome is that all of it was a practical joke on them. In my head, like that was another scenario that it's a sick practical joke to play on these two that they set him up to work late and then... Arch was watching to take notes to write his next script. That entered my head. <laughs> you know, like it, they were an experiment yeah. of some sort. From an old-time radio nerd point of view, I thought it was entertaining that they actually uh, give voice to the idea that uh, Bernice entered the script department as a way to break into radio. And we know <laughs> from some of our research mm-hmm. that... Louise Fletcher. Lucille yeah. Fletcher, one of the great old-time radio writers. That's how she broke in. So Mary making fun of her for that is wrong. <laughs> Mary, I'm glad you're dead. Wow. <laughs> wow. That went dark quick. Jeez, Arch. That's your new name. Uh, oh, thank you. Any other thoughts before we throw this to a vote? You have a lot Probably, of thoughts. Probably, but I'm kind of t- even tired of my own voice. So, <laughs> um, finally. Type it up. Um, I think I covered it all. I just, I love their banter back and forth. I love their discussion of Arch Obler's script. I yep. I just love them as characters. Uh, the last thing I will say is I loved the idea and I found it terrifying that Bernice really started to become frightened when Mary was no longer frightened. Mm. When yep. she actually says, please be scared. Because yep. <laughs> yep. the fact that you have lost it now makes me believe that I should be scared. Right. I it, it was a nice little moment and scene, mm-hmm. and there's nothing creepier than Mercedes McCambridge in that little yeah. tiny voice. 
Now you're scared. <laughs> <laughs> Vote. Yeah. I loved it. And here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I love Mercedes McCambridge. I thought it was well-performed. I'm looking at this from one point of view. If you take out all the meta references to Lights Out, take them all out, I think it stands the test of time that nobody needs to know what you're talking about. You don't need to know Obler Lights Out to enjoy this. It is very simple. It is two people locked in a room, and a bunch of stuff happens, and it's super scary, and they lose it, and... The, the ending, even though I disagreed that oh, I was hoping for something else, doesn't make me not enjoy it. Um, so I loved it. I think it stands test time. I don't think it's a classic, but uh, I think it's a very good piece of horror. I I love Arch Obler. Uh, so for my criticisms of this, it's very much on the scale of Arch Obler does really good work all the way through. I just, for my taste, this is one of his weaker ones. Um, yeah, and I did not mean to shut down your criticisms of it. No, I, I at all feel shut down. Okay, Thank good. You um, it's my enthusiasm, how, not an argument. See how genial he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a four-star genial. Um, uh, Bad at puns, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm a three-star genial. Oh, no. <laughs> was it just the plot? It really was. Yeah, I mean, it was almost literally like the order of events. It's not just ambiguous what in the story is happening like on the metaphorical level yes that, that makes sense but it's it is somewhat purposely pointless in the story what's really happening mm-hmm. what's happening is these particular events which are scary uh, and that's kind of the whole point in my reading of it which I don't enjoy as much as other things that Arch Obler does but, but yes to catch that in Arch Obler's Bad stuff, even this, you know, to my not as much my taste, still really good. I've talked too much. <laughs> Personal classic for me, nice. for sure. Oh, awesome. for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna reiterate. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. It's one of those great classic kind of things where it just checks a lot of boxes for me personally, and and uh, mm-hmm. it's terrible to say something so dark and. <laughs> scary like it tickles me uh but it, right. it does but uh it's one of those ones too where i totally get how this would bore the pants out of right. of someone you know, you know i was just thinking of that i totally how many times i've said to you too like this was nonsense i loved it right <laughs> i don't know why arbitrarily this is bad nonsense <laughs> and i've said to you too this is really really simplistic but i loved it <laughs> all right tim tell him stuff Please go visit com. You can listen to other episodes there. See how this compares to, for your taste. You can leave comments. Vote in polls. Let us know what you think of these episodes. You can link to our social media pages. You can link to our Threadless store. Get some swag. We have some sweet, sweet swag available for you. Uh, and you can link to our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. We say it. Every single episode. There's so much there. Why are you not already a Patreon? Um, You get bonus podcasts. You get Zoom happy hours. You can join me for the mysterious old book club. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're pretty tired of hearing me talk by now, but it's, (laughs) it's not just me. It's me and a bunch of really awesome morals listeners who all talk about uh, morals adjacent you know, I'll, I'll chime in here. Our community of Patreon people are so awesome. They really um, are. And you know the benefit that we never mention, and I don't know why we don't, is that we, for our patrons, have a Discord server. And 
people really enjoy it. Uh, just again, like-minded people, easygoing, fun, smart, and uh, it's a great community. Um, so e- even if you're like, guys, I'm really kind of sick of you. Uh, that's great. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about me being on Discord. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. Uh, just join us uh, and uh, become part of the larger Morals Old Time Radio community. And also, if you're like, no, thank you. I just would like to give you money once. Well, you can do that too. Go to ghoulishdelights.com and give us a one-time donation. We are collecting donations right now for a better computer. And we're uh, racking up some money here for it. We're, we're getting there, but we could still use some more. So uh, thank you to everyone who has donated, Tim. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Brian, Anne-Marie, Linda, Shane, Mark, DBA, Jeffrey, Micah, Ryan, Roberta, Catherine, Carolyn, Loretta, Lori, everyone who has donated since this recording um, because uh, we want to say thank you even if we haven't achieved that yet. We will, everyone who gives, we will thank you in a podcast episode because you're awesome. Thank you. And if you want to leverage this, if you want to email us and say, hey, I gave you X amount of money, you have to listen to this episode. I mean, that's a thing you could do. <laughs> wow. You just opened up that door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are not complicated men. No. We're like, oh, I guess we have to say yes. <laughs> you can also buy stuff on Threadless. Yes, yes, you certainly can. That just, helps. Yeah. I mean, we make very little money off of that, no. but it's still awesome. And you get to wear awesome T-shirts. We got cool T-shirts. I love our swag. Like um, hey, if you want to see us performing live, you can do so. Uh, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society Theater Division. Uh, we do radio and uh, audio drama live on stage. I've been doing it for almost five, six years at this point. Monthly, if not twice a month. Hey, we do recreations of old-time radio shows, classics, and we also do a lot of our own original work. If you want to find out where we're performing this month, when, what we're performing, and how to get tickets, just go to ghoulishdelights.com. And if you can't make it for whatever reason, uh, you're not in the area or busy that night, if you become a Patreon, that's part of your Patreon perks we film them and supply the uh, footage <laughs> sounds weird like it's a zapruder film uh, <laughs> i hope not we supply <laughs> we supply you you get to watch those shows as being a uh, patreon so become a monthly supporter and you don't even have to come and see us you can watch us in your home that got weird got really weird everything got weird uh, hey what's coming up next uh, next is a listener request and we will be listening to long distance from the chase until then there's a script that must be mimeographed first thing tomorrow morning so the censors will have to be out tonight it shouldn't take you long oh oh and i almost forgot uh, i'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in on sunday <laughs>